When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> surviving. Yeah, we're out here surviving. We out here, you know. Doing our thing. Doing it, doing it. You want to introduce our special guest? Yes, we have our special returning guest, um, who is back by popular demand. Um, you know, this is totally off-brand, so we don't know if, you know, he's going to be any contribution to it. But um, <laughs> please, uh, please welcome um, our favorite professor of African history, uh, Professor TJ Talley. <laughs> Hi guys, as you can see, I am black by popular demand. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> by popular demand. Oh my gosh. So that's going in the show notes. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the title of this episode has nothing to do with the film. <laughs> Guess who's black in the house, as RuPaul would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how's everybody how's everybody holding up? Y'all y'all doing okay? Getting cabin fever? <sighs> Oh my god! So I'm a obviously I'm a college professor, and so we we had last week off to retool our classes. It's super fun in the middle of a semester to then turn all of your in person classes into online classes. Um, so it's like wildly stressful to be an extrovert who spends all of his time now at home and or trying to record lectures. So I did my first one this weekend. I like went super well, except for one very terrible bit. Um, in the middle where I showed a YouTube video and forgot to click the link where it um, where it's supposed to um, broadcast from the, the YouTube screen. So there's 30 seconds in the middle of my hour-long lecture of me jamming to music that you can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's ridiculous. Um, now, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, don't, uh, it's in, like you teach uh, language as well, no? I do. I yeah. do, but mercifully, this semester I lucked out. And so I am not teaching. I was teaching Zulu earlier in the semester, but it had already finished. So oh, okay. just teaching just uh, two, two classes of, of general African history and then one on queer theory and colonialism. So it's wild. We are done. Oh. Love is Blind in the Queer and Colonialism one. Is that uh, based on your book? It is based on my book. Hey, and what is that called? <laughs> it's called uh, Queer and Colonial Natal, Indigeneity and the Violence of Belonging in Southern Africa. I wrote a grown-up book, everybody. It's weird. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I didn't have to say the title of your book because I've been it's pronouncing it natal. Oh, <laughs> natal. Yes, natal. It's from the Portuguese, meaning Christmas or the birth of Jesus. That's the region uh, of South Africa that I study. And it was named because the Portuguese sailed past it on Christmas, 1497. Yay, ah, colonial. yay yeah. colonialism. Yay, yay. colonialism. 
There's yeah. your there's your learning moment for the day, everyone. And uh <laughs> and Joe, since yeah. uh, you know that tracks. Well, so TJ's actually been teaching me a couple things, you know, as is the rest of like higher education um, everywhere. Uh, they're using the Zoom meeting yes. like software. So TJ, I had to hop on a Zoom call with some uh, with some colleagues today. We've been doing checking. We've been checking in every day at around one o'clock, and. I had before our first call. I made before our boss came on the line, who hosted the meeting. I said, "Hey, everybody, uh, just remember that the private messages and the chats can also be read by the <laughs> can also be read by the um, by the by the person who created the who's hosting the meeting." Yes. Um, and that is a direct like that's the direct good Judy comment by uh, one Professor Tally over here. Wow. Uh, did I learn that the hard way? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical. Yeah, whatever you want to say about this COVID thing, you know, who did it, who's behind it, Zoom is definitely behind it. Uh, Zoom created this, yep. and they are benefiting from it. <laughs> yep. If I could go five minutes in my life without thinking about Zoom, I would be so fucking grateful. I'm just, right? Yeah, I live. Everything's on Zoom now. I Zoom all of the time. It's all transcribed for me now. I don't know who I am. It's ridiculous. Amazing. I, I just want like to get like a, a like a green screen blanket so that way I can like teach from wherever I am, or like you know, or just like you know, do Zoom calls from wherever I am, uh, because they have that virtual background feature. Uh, yep. so, so it's awesome because like I, I did a zoom call with, uh, some, with some other colleagues and, uh, one guy, he had the hall of justice from like the 1980s, nineties, uh, justice league cartoons. Oh, wow. Yes. And then he said, depending on how he feels, he changes it to like, you know, fire. <laughs> <laughs> My, My entire, I, I have every background from this the first the original Street Fighter two all of the fighting stages as backgrounds now. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's true. Living we out did your a lot of fantasy. We yeah, did our first. Was, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I'm. It's Professor E Honda to you, bitch. That's yes. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Uh, no, my we did our first check-in to make sure everything was working properly because the same we were off all last week while our professors are figuring this shit out. Thankfully, one of my classes is already an online writing class, but my okay. French class was not, and uh, she's trying to figure it out. And so we like check in the meeting. She's got this like waving French flag in the background. <laughs> I'm like, nice, very nice. So I gave her a tour of the West Craven Memorial Library. That was fun and. In French, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yes, so yes. What is the name in What is the name in French? It would be West Craven Bibliothèque Commemorative. Yep, but it would be well, kind of reverse, though. It'd be like Bibliothèque yeah. Commemorative West Craven. Dude. Yeah, the Bibliothèque Commemorative du West Craven. Yeah, the Bibliothèque Commemorative du West Craven. You got to make sure you have an accent. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, je peux parler français. Ma, ma français c'est très très mauvais, absolument mauvais. Ah. Yeah, très. Just enough to get in trouble. Très bien. All oh, right. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so well, that's good. Everybody is, uh, you know, on the Zoom. Although we are not doing this by Zoom, so take that Zoom. Yes, yeah, we're big, doing it. Big Zoom. Your coronavirus asses. Yeah, everyone's just like, let's do something else. <laughs> so besides that, what else are we doing? What have you been watching? Oh, God. 
Um, I'll let TJ go first. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so many things. First off, I've I've gotten caught up on on everything that I've missed on Shit's Creek and Brooklyn Nine Nine, which are two of my current faves. Like that, I sometimes let fall by the wayside. So, oh, I love Shit's Creek. Yep. Yeah, if you're not watching Shit's Creek right now, it's the final season, and it's kicking into insane high gear. So, yeah, pretty, pretty damn great. It's um, so adorable. It's just the most adorable show. Right? It's like it's like everyone is. It's kind and also ridiculous. And they had an escape room this past week, which was probably <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also watched All of Love is Blind, and I also rewatched Cheer, because it's a time to watch terrible things. So, Cheer is not terrible, but Love is Blind is terrible. So. Okay. I, I've been meaning to catch Cheer, so I'm going to take your uh, Absolutely should recommendation. All right, oh, no. cool. Yeah. We're Don't talking about um, the Navarro Community College Cheer. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah, um, everybody do your baskets so, while someone else has a concussion. Yes. It's- yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you've watched Cheer, like many of us who who got obsessed with Cheer about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, we all reacted viscerally when we found out, of course, like everything else, Daytona has been canceled this year because of COVID-19. And that's a huge part of the Cheer storyline. They're competing to go to the Daytona sort of national championships. So I was like, no, but how will they compete? And then I realized that I had gotten into deep in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, It's worth it, though. What Joe. are you guys watching? Yeah, what are you guys? Um, so what have I been watching? Um, when I'm working from home, I usually I've been watching Top Chef reruns on nice. Hulu. Correct. Because they're very <laughs> they're fast paced, so it makes me feel like I'm getting things done. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just love just I just love a very shady Padma. It's like you know maybe, <laughs> maybe if you put the spoon in your mouth, you shouldn't put it in my food. I was like, ooh, she just read you the Satanic verses. <laughs> First off, that was that was a multi level read from you. It was for references. Yeah. Also, it's, so- it's COVID nineteen safety. So well done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, and anytime someone touches their face or like it's in a huge crowd, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so oh. dated. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-March 1st. Fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. Pre-March, pre-March 1st, 2020. Um, okay. So did that. And then I had movie night with my parents and we watched, um, we watched Fast and Furious presents Hobbs versus Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Wow, which was it, it was a, it was worth it all for the last twenty minutes twenty minutes, which takes place in Samoa. <laughs> and I was just like, "What? Why are we in Samoa?" Because I like left and then I came back, and then I'm like, "Are we in Samoa? What did I miss?" Um, and then it's just been catching up on things from there. I watched Frozen Two. <laughs> so good, surprisingly so good. Especially someone who doesn't have children, I was riveted. Yeah, I, I was riveted by the first Frozen, so this one was like, oh, okay, they did a really good job making the sequel. The songs were forgettable, except for Into yeah. the Unknown, but, you know. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah who cares? Yeah. It was like, oh, okay. They did um, make fun of Let It Go, which was nice. I did They did. Make fun of it, yeah. Also, also meta humor. Can we yeah. talk about how, like, Olaf, <laughs> can we talk about how, like, Olaf all of a sudden is this, like, savant about things? <laughs> like Yes. And yes. His well, maturity. they had to give him something. <laughs> She didn't have anything else. Just Josh Gad, basically as character from Avenue Five, but made of snow. Yeah. And then, like, you have like Alfred Molina as the father, and I was like, "Is that Alfred Molina's voice?" It is Doctor Octopus. Like, is that Doctor Octopus? (laughs) 
Joshua is shaking his head. I love it. <laughs> well, and I will say that what what was wild for me about Frozen Two is like I again I I literally my whole job is teaching about like colonialism and especially settlement, right? And the big takeaway, like yep. Frozen mm-hmm. Two was like they're like Arendelle is built upon lies and violence, and maybe it's not worth saving a place if it's built upon this violence against these other native people that we fucked over. And I was like, is this? Is this the movie for my children? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought was so fascinating about it because I was like, oh, they look like native, they look like Alaska native people, <laughs> the way that they have them. And it's just like, huh, maybe. And so I'm like, oh, so it's, you know, spoiler alert for Frozen 2. Joshua will probably not watch it, so I'll just say it right now. I am really, uh, this this uh, has taken a strange direction. But go ahead. <laughs> like, Horror is meant to be, you know, surprising sometimes. Well, what's, horror, <laughs> what's more horrifying than colonialism, let's be honest? Yeah, hey, it is an, an ever-ongoing horror. It's true. They, basically, they basically did the Disney the Disney film version of, like, smallpox blankets. Like, yes, 100%. 100%. They were like, oh, okay, well, you know, we do, we're doing this as a favor to you. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the two main characters realized that their ancestors were actually shitty people who committed genocide. <laughs> And like their grandparents, like not even like recently, like oh, grandpa killed these people. Who yeah, are it's great. to our other ancestors. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. So they're like, to fix this, Arendelle has to, our our home has to be destroyed, and it's and they're literally the 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 result is like there's it's not worth saving if it's built upon this genocide. And I was like, this is a message for the children, and I hope you all learn it today. You better learn it today. It was I. I I clapped in in my in my living room. Very yeah, exciting. I was just like, "Huh, wow, this is really good." Yeah. Um, so did that. Watch Doctor Strange again. I don't know why. Um, it's fine. I like yeah, it. It's, it's perfectly fine. enjoyable. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. I've always felt is like it's like a very like a perfectly acceptable like grilled cheese. Like I never want him. I never find myself looking for him. But I'm like, oh, yeah, you're here. I'm not mad. Yeah. All right, you're perfectly fine. Yeah, I love Beaverdale Cummerbund. <laughs> or whatever his name is. Bend, bend it like that. Bend it like Beckham Cummy Snatch. Whatever. Right. I, don't know. Yes. I don't know how it works. Yes, bend it like oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. I'm That's actually up. the I'm title of this, this episode. Is, uh, this is now a deeply in, a, inappropriate uh, you know, podcast. I'm a grown up. I apologize. No, it's this. We we have long ago given up that that uh, thing. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like default value. explicit. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua, uh, what about you? Uh, well, I've been watching lots of horror because I've been having a blast doing. I I love what's coming out of this whole thing of like you know people needing to seek communion and seeking ways to do things together. So I've been participating in all of, like these live watches on Twitter and stuff. So nice. we did uh, Chelsea Stardust Satanic Panic, which we all loved. You can go back and list our episodes with Chelsea and uh, our mm-hmm. review of of Satanic Panic. It's available on Shutter now, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Which I think if you use the code Shut In, you can get yep. thirty day free trial for Shutter. Uh, so they did that. They did a watch with Satanic Panic. That was a blast. I live tweeted it from our at Fright School Twitter account. Uh, 
That's at Fright School on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and then I did the, they also did a live watch for The Invisible Man, which we really loved. And I uh, really enjoyed seeing it again. I'm actually going to rewatch it again tonight because I was live tweeting through the whole thing. So I kind of missed, you know, I didn't really get to watch the film again, trying to be entertaining and attract new followers on Twitter. <laughs> but it was a blast. It's been a lot of fun. So I, I've been doing that. So they had one for The Hunt, but I knew that we were going to do this episode. So I didn't participate in that. Nice. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've been uh, doing a lot. I actually been, I, I started, um, every day I've, I've, on my lunch break, I've usually been rewatching some kind of show. I did a, a total rewatch of Nurse Jackie and I just started a rewatch of Schitt's Creek. So Good. I'm, I'm starting with the second season now. Uh, so I've been watching that as, as my break is like, okay, I need to watch something funny. I can't keep watching 28 Days Later and True. <laughs> zombie films. <laughs> also, also, also watching Nurse Jackie is excellent given that it's it's our real for me it was my first introduction to Betty Gilpin right? absolutely like, yep. uh, yeah mm-hmm. so wild right like because I feel like that was not at all who I pictured right I then I then I watched Glow and I was like I know this white lady where have I seen her from and I was like <laughs> right. whoa right. oh Nurse Jackie but she was real different and way hornier and Ukrainian like and like I was, I was right. like, what is this also Nurse Jackie is a wild show like I waiting for it to like become like amazing or transcendent and like the middle seasons I thought were really good. And like season four and five, I think really hits a really good point, but then it like went on like two seasons too long. And I refused yeah. it because I, I felt like the, the show was personally daring me to keep watching it. So I, I did, I watched all the episodes and that's how I felt about, um, uh, Dexter. Yes. A mm. 150% about Dexter. Yeah. yeah. Daring me to watch it. Uh, Joshua has this, uh, has this, uh, very, has this very valid theory that, you know, shows should just be no longer than five seasons. <laughs> well, I say four. Four seasons place. is usually enough. But yeah. it depends, obviously. Yeah, The Good Place did that. It was good. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, when they, in, in like season six, I think it was, when they brought in Charlotte Rampling, who I always like to think of as budget Heron, Helen Mirren as like the therapist. And I was like, yeah, that's budget Helen Mirren. Mirren. No, no offense. Charlotte Rampling is a wonderful actress in her own right. But I like watching it in this context. I was like, first off, you had Maria Kennedy Doyle, like last season, in Miami, and now you've got budget Helen Mirren just rolling up here. Why are this many British people in Miami? What's happening here? Right. <laughs> I like budget Helen Mirren. That's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you know, one angry Charlotte Rampling fan that's going to like send me a nasty gram. Whatevs. Budget Helen Mirren. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, that's, it, that's kind of the thing, though. That's why it's like it's hard to say because I, I really, I, I think with Dexter ending at at that last episode of season four would have been a nice because it's like every like he because he wanted to like have this maximum experience. It cost him everything, so it would have been okay to yep. end it there. But, perfect. Yeah, but I also, I did really like the following season because I liked the idea of him teaming up and like hunting down this like pack of, you know, disgusting male yeah. animals. And That's I did true. like Charlotte Rampling. So, I mean, I know there are definitely, it's give and take, but it would have been fine. You know, and there's just a lot of things like a true blood. We didn't need three more seasons after they got Fiona Shaw that they peaked, you know, and <laughs> it's you know, they, they conned her into being on that show. They should have, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the lie to appear, and I have heard 
<laughs> no lies. No lies have happened. And I've you been know, Joshua, Joshua, like Toulouse-Lautrec and Moulin Rouge only speaks the truth, okay? Oh, right. <laughs> yes, yes. I, now I'm hearing Nicole Kidman sing a Bollywood number, and I'm not angry. I'm just confused. confused. Yes. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. Uh, so, um, drag, drag race. race. Yes, so <laughs> And really, it's about Leslie Jones, but let's discuss Drag Race, because we are caught up and you know, it's fun to do that uh, when Drag Race is on, which I do know is all the time now, every time, every day. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, because as Drag Race, I feel, has like left the, the as it's become more mainstream, right? As, as Drag Race has become like the target of things, right? Like, it's like, it's yeah. just it's so generic and now i feel like it's a thing that like every gay has to do or like a very specific thing they're like oh now we have to watch drag race and i was like do we did i already watch <laughs> i already did this thing and then i then i sit and watch the first episode and then always i have immediate strong opinions this is a shocker for anyone that's known me for more than 12 seconds you <laughs> i know i'm very subtle um but but yeah i was like then i was like well shit now i gotta watch this whole fucking season even for the train wreck that is that that horrible catfisher. So I was like, I have yeah. to this whole season, and I was very upset with how this 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 week went. I was I was not I was not. Me too. I was yeah. I tend to see draggers through a very particular set of lenses of like mediocre white male entitlement, and it delivered. It delivered this <laughs> week. Same thing uh, that I was hundred percent. Oh, I mean, you can be. This is. I will say this very bluntly. I'm sorry. You can be. Um, you can be delusional or you can be boring, but you cannot be both. And I find that to be Ooh. a terrible combination. I, if you're going to be, or, or like even not delusional, like arrogant, if you're going to be arrogant and, and boring, that's, that's, you pick a struggle. Like, yes. So Miss Thang with no eyebrows needs to pick a struggle. Like, or if you're going to be, you know, boring, be boring. There's always boring Queens. If you're going to be arrogant, then have bite. Otherwise you're like, um, What's her face from All Stars that that tried to stir up drama and 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 it didn't really land in the most recent season? Oh, why am I forgetting her name now? Um, but it was just like I was like, why are you being mean? There's no point. You're not interesting. And I, I was like mad that Aiden got took up all that screen time. It was super rude. Super rude. Didn't care for it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I spewed my bar. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I was very very sad about Rock'em Sakura because I. Thank you. Thank really, 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 yes, same. Really my top one. I really like yep. his personality, him, you know, out of drag. I thought he was hysterical and really funny. And he's cute as shit. Let's take I, a minute. That was the like, next thing I was going to say. Fucking adorable. <laughs> I, do, I, do I want to have sex Absolutely. with Fox and Rock'em Sakura? Yes. And do I also, like, find them interesting people? Yes. What a fun little struggle. Wait, which one besides Rock'em Sakura? Which one? Uh, Jack, Jackie Cox, the person. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. I find her adorable as well. Yeah. Both in and out of drag. It's like, yeah, I'm not mad at either of these. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also kind of the thing with Drag Race lately that that does annoy me. It's like, because it's become so mainstream now, it's like, okay, everybody has to kind of be like pretty and, you know, like right. in and out of drag. Like I have, there's some problematics there, but again, right. We're having fun. We're watching it. I'm like, yes, Rockham is fucking adorable. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be sad that he's not going to be on anymore, just for the eye candy and for just you know being really fun. And like, the, I, I feel like um, if if the season, depending on how the rest of it goes, um, he's going to get miscongeniality. Oh sure. yeah. 
Or oh, is yeah. there somebody oh, yeah. that you could easily see being brought back for All Stars because they didn't get their full season? It's Rockham. Like, absolutely. Oh, like, that's absolutely. like another like a year absolutely. or two if society hasn't completely collapsed and we're all working on RuPaul's like fracking farm in Wyoming. <gasps> oh my gosh! Right? What the I fuck? Know. I mean, what she's fracking? Yeah, yeah. RuPaul basically admitted in an interview that she and her husband uh, own like a like a large ranch in Wyoming where they where they do fracking. I was like, wow, cool. You sure? God bless. And by that, I mean I, I hate it and I don't want it to happen. So. Right? Yeah. The uh, again, we're we're we get into that like the politics of guilty pleasure, you know, sort of thing. Right. Like enjoying a show and being like, wow, everybody's shitty. God damn it. <laughs> well, it's right. Someone once put like a like a the Venn diagram of. Um, a, a really great Venn diagram where it's two circles. One are like people who were amazingly liberatory for their time in the 1990s, people who haven't grown since then. And the overlapping Venn diagram includes um, Jake Rowling, RuPaul, and um, oh my God, why can't I remember his name? What's his face from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? The the writer. Or yeah, the writer. Joss Whedon. Thank you. I couldn't remember for, for time. I was like, oh, people that you were like in like 1998, you're like, oh, so breaking you're like oh, okay but yeah i think dan savage was part of that too 150 percent, right yeah. as janine as, yeah. garofalo yeah. unfortunately yeah What's janine that? oh janine garofalo yeah. oh yeah. a lot of people remember it we, sucks remember we had heroes remember when we had here that was fun <laughs> um, heroes fun yeah you're uh, all canceled every single one of you everyone yeah. myself i've canceled myself so um, I, I missed a little bit of what you said uh, about Aiden Zane. Not a fan. Oh, sure. So I want I love the kooky queens, right? Like, yeah, I, same. And again, I never tire of, of talking about that. I I've been friends for ten years uh, with Sasha Steinberg before she became Sasha Floor. We've known each other forever, and um, and so it's really weird because I like I've always I was I, the kooky weird queens are my favorite. When Evie Oddly won last year, I was like, this is the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's less Evie Oddly and more um, adore, right? Like, uh, like this sense of like, okay, you're letting your your insecurities like top all of this, and you can do a spooky aesthetic, but give us something else. Like, I like that you're you can give us creepy, creepy nineteen forties pinup. Like when she did uh, League of Their Own, it was great. But oh, she's yeah. weirdly abrasive in a certain way, and I'm like, there's something about that's fun and that you can lean into this, and she's not. She's absolutely not. And I think it's because she's intimidated and she feels like she's from a small town. But like Crystal Method's name is fucking Crystal Method and is part Latino and lives in Missouri. Like, get it together, Aiden, because like Crystal Method is working her weird large mullet and trying to make things work. What are you doing? Okay. Yeah, I I would agree there because I do. I really like Aiden because I I, I like that her face is very different from the others, kind of like Rockham yes. was, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I really liked like the idea of do- even though it wasn't her idea, and I it's like oh, girl, obviously, like the referee thing. You know, would have been great. Would have been yeah, great but- if Jan hadn't done all of that. Jan is the kid that tried exactly. too hard. Exactly. Is the Hermione Granger of drag? Is Jan? <laughs> yes. Wow, it's that been- is been- so accurate. So- it's when Guardian Dragio saw. Uh, and I'm like, all right, Jan. All right. You are me. I get it. If I was if I was a drag queen at 17, I get it. It's cool. But <laughs> that's amazing. Um anyway. I just yeah. love that she's like she's so concerned that she 
Um, she's so concerned that she's not doing better. And I think Nikki Dahl had the perfect beginning to the episode where she was like, I just went, I just lip sync for my life. And you're already talking about you. No, was it her or Britta? It was either her or Britta. And I was like, I, was like, I just had to lip sync for my life. And you're talking about how you didn't win. Like, right. Girl right. Five. right. So I've got, I've got two real quick hot takes before we move on about, about drag race in general. So like one, we do need to talk about Leslie Jones, but before we get there, yes. because that's no reason to watch this fucking episode. But before we get there, one of the things I think has been flying under the radar, especially for like a lot of white gays that are watching this, is that I have no patience for Nikki Doll, and there's a particular reason for it, right? And so the reason is that in the first episode, which shocked me that a lot of people didn't pick up on this, like this whole shtick is that you know I'm I'm Parisian, I, I'm French, I'm an immigrant, fine, cool, hundred percent. It's also really hard to translate in another language. I speak six of them, I get it, it's hard. But um, her first episode, her mean takes were racist they were all mm. takes on other people and they got played in the scene um humorously because she couldn't make them land because she couldn't pronounce them in her accent but they were racist takes she specifically said that heidi looked like a lemur and then she mm-hmm. said that um jackie cox um needs to watch her ass because she's eating too much hummus and i was like what is this what we're what and it was like funny because i was like watching it with friends and they were like isn't this funny and i was like these are both super racist like and people are not picking up on it and i i i know that there's a lot of issues talk about like the, the sort of french national way of not talking about race in certain ways and thinking about this but but it's like a casual racism that sort of is one of the things for me like as a queer black person often in the community is just tiring like it's like it was like a microaggression when i was just trying to have a martini and watch people with lipstick right and i was like come right. on um i so i'm i'm it immediately turned me off and i'm not interested in watching her grow like she's very pretty i'm sure she'll learn to be goofy maybe she'll fart on stage now that rockham doesn't have to be the farting one but like, but but f that right like it, it like turned me off from the very beginning i was like yeah. your eden is this and so i hate your face and i want it to die in a fire that's that's my immediate feeling about that i'm very subtle about my feelings um but yeah uh, you're correct so i can't uh, can't argue <laughs> but i will say so i was like rolling my eyes although again she turned that look out i was not mad that she did so well i was like how dare you make a course in a panty look like you're at the copacabana how dare you but um but can we take a minute that like i feel like why we love leslie jones is that watching leslie jones on this show was like all of us being on the show yes she's unapologetically super fan (laughs) it was so good when she started singing the rupaul part at the beginning and I was like, why does it sound different? <laughs> she was 100% best fucking life, you know? I, I love her, like, taking pictures of her phone or recording whatever she was doing. Like, I'm fucking here, y'all. I mean, it was like she'd been embedded. I mean, she oh, was yeah. just so happy. <laughs> she was laughing at everyone's, like, shitty puns and then being so excited when she got to make them. And then when she was like, she was exactly who I wanted to be on Untucked, where I wanted to be like, you need to look at your life. Also, you're so beautiful. You're better. You are all better at this than me. Can I tell you how great you are? But also, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it was yeah. like, that's what I want to do. Put me on Untucked. I have literally no celebrity brand, but I want it. Let me do it. Well, <laughs> I, now I need to watch this episode of Untucked. I famously oh. do not watch Untucked. Yeah, I don't either. You know, I don't it's watch. I don't watch. For un- this episode. It's, all, it's like, usually it's, okay. it's dumb, but this one's great. Yeah. Untucked yeah. is I like, you like know, drag drama fan fiction. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna <laughs> say it's untucked is like drag fan fiction, and I'll need it. <laughs> yeah. 
You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's absolutely true. But it is nice sometimes when you know there's like a good, like a good guest and you feel like they're going to come back. And it was great to watch Leslie Jones because she is so supportive. And then she like talks with all of the queens who like she thinks are in the bottom. And then she also has like some like some real feedback for people. And it's great. She also reads Britta's terrible outfit for Phil, which is great. Oh, yeah. She's like, is it a corn? Is it a pineapple? Who knows? What is it? I don't know. It's great. Oh, and she tells um, Widow Von Du that um, those are the ugliest shoes and she hates them. She's like, your outfit was great, but those yellow pumps have got to go. And it's really worth it just for you guys to watch in Untucked what she does to Widow Von Du's shoes in Untucked. <laughs> yeah, I wa- yeah, I watched it. So I, I lo- because I did oh. want to see more of Leslie. Usually right. I don't watch it because I, you know, I just feel like Untucked is like extra drama and I already hate all the drama that goes into it. You know, if it was up to me, swear, I would probably watch the first few minutes and then like fast forward to the end <laughs> just because no, I'm uncomfortable with all like the drama and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. y- you know, a lot of the stuff that they do that you're like, this is so ugh, false, you know, but, um, yeah. I did want to see that. I also watched the one with Nicki Minaj, just because I don't know that much about Nicki Minaj. I've never really... Yeah, it was cool to, for her to sit and talk. And I actually listened to a couple of her records afterwards for like a week straight, just because I was trying to learn more about Nicki Minaj, because I just, I, I just, you know, I don't, you know, me, I like a girl with a, a lesbian with a guitar. So You <laughs> <laughs> do. It's very on brand for you. That's one of <laughs> But I found myself really liking Nicki Minaj. I'm like, damn. So I don't know. Anyway, I did enjoy her untucked. <laughs> yeah, she was very good in that one too. And she just looked good. Also, I guess actually you should watch the whole season because the other episode of Untucked is Robin. And Robin is, of course, the quirky Scandinavian elf that's been released from an Ikea factory. And she's there to give people support. And it's very nice. <laughs> Wait, is that xenophobia for Sweden? <laughs> is there, is there, no, I believe it's called Midsommar If you have Z- <laughs> Yeah Lord <laughs> oh. oh my god This is great <laughs> Well, yeah, but anyways yeah, Leslie Jones, I, she's so fucking funny I actually posted on Twitter, she liked one of my tweets Which I made my whole fucking week last week I bet, I bet it did <laughs> It was like Christmas, it was like Black Christmas It was Kwanzaa, you got all eight days in one tweet because <laughs> she um i don't know has everybody seen her stand-up special time machine on netflix i yes. haven't yet okay it was it was really fucking funny and so she had this whole bit about guys like um washing under their balls yes and she was like screaming about it and and so i i tweeted that i was like i wonder if i'm ever going to take another shower where i don't hear leslie jones at les dog is her actual screaming wash under your fucking balls um because it's very effective even if you're already doing it it's correct it's absolutely (laughs) correct i feel that um that 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 part changed the way that i showered for quite some time that yeah when black people started like ragging publicly online for not washing their legs i was like i already washed my legs but now i literally have all of black twitter reminding me that i need to wash my legs in the shower also, <laughs> was that a thing was that a meme of oh, black twitter yes yeah, so the idea that like people like black twitter realized in the middle of 2019 that that often white people don't wash their legs in the shower there's this sort of thing where they they just imagine that the soap will run down um, oh, they don't like get down there and scrub. Okay, they don't actually soap it and then wash it. They're just like you know, it's contact. And it was like you know, I've I've been raised in a in, a, in an interracial house, a multiracial house. I understand I understand that there are many ways that one can shower. But it was like now every <laughs> I, like I just imagine Black Twitter being like, that's right, put soap there. You get your life right. And I'm like, okay, I can I can use that. <laughs> 
are you saying that the epitome of white privilege is to just think that the soap yep. like it's yep. it's the it's leap and the net will appear <laughs> it'll trickle down it'll trickle down it'll be fine 100 yep. percent waiting for that soap to trickle down not how that works not how that works yes. right. <laughs> the reagan well hygiene on that note, um, <laughs> dear, dear, dear listener, wash your legs and wash your fucking hands and use Purell. Uh, and we will be right back uh, to discuss the hunt. I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid. And I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted I love you mom and dad I am so sorry I only wanted to make good content for our listeners I'm so scared I'm going to die out here Joshua, is that you? All right, welcome back. I'm so excited. Today we are going to be discussing The Hunt, uh, which was supposed to be released in 2019, got... um, Way, you know, maligned by people who had yet to see it on both sides of the equation politically and uh, is now finally being released uh, for like two day rental or something like that uh, during this whole coronavirus COVID-19 scare. So we thought we'd take advantage of the situation, watch it and, you know, invite dear TJ to chat with us about it. So uh, it is... I, I pause calling it a horror film. I'd say it's a horror comedy, uh, satire, yeah. horror satire, uh, directed by Craig Zobel, written by Nick Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Lindelof, thank you. Uh, starring the lovely Betty Gilpin, Ike Barinholtz, Amy Madigan, Emma, Emma Roberts, uh, Hillary fucking Swank, produced by Jason Blum. So, Joe, what'd you think? Um, yeah, this was, this was a fun one. I have to say that this was a fun one. I, I'm going to be completely honest, like these, the times that we're living in, it's like, I just don't want to watch anything horrific. So this one was a good watch for me because I was like, oh, I understand the humor. I understand what it is that they're going for. It was, it, it was definitely nice to go back into that world for a little bit. Um, and by that world, I mean like the horror world. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a great time. Um, had a great time watching it. Um, it was like, ah, this really, I really do like that they did end up releasing it because I think the world needs to know that Betty Gilpin can bring the shit. Uh 
Yep. Like, not that she couldn't bring it, you know, before with Glow, but, like, you know, she can she can bring it so hard with this. Yeah, absolutely. Also, love that we had, like, you know, Emma Roberts in a movie for, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see like, her character's Emma... name? No, what was her name? Yoga Pants. Her character's Yoga Pants. <laughs> Yoga Pants. It was so it was great. Like, it was Emma Roberts and Justin Hartley, uh, famously of This Is Us fame. And I was like, oh my God, these two people. And they died like right away. So, you know, yep. k- kills were good. Um, yeah, overall a good watch. Overall a fun watch, I should say. Yeah, I was happy. Like, it was so funny because so so uh, for dear listener, hopefully you've watched it. Uh, definitely recommend that you do watch it. Uh, so the the characters, basically, what it's about is this elite group of like liberals. I'd say neoliberals have decided to hunt uh, deplorables, you know, conservatives, however you want to define that, um, on, on this manor property. And so um, there's twelve of them that they that they're going to hunt. And so when they wake up, they have these um, like gags in their mouths that need to be uh, unlocked off. So when Emma Emma's character like they had lock it and take it off i'm like well great now she's going to talk the rest of the movie um and she did it (laughs) i was like ah oh my god i was really truly shocked i couldn't believe how quickly she died (laughs) oh that was a that was a great bit of like uh that was a great bit of like scream like drew barrymore yes yes exactly yeah total mislead Right, and like she has like three lines in the whole movie. But first, the, the, the her last line is that almost hit me, right, mm-hmm. and, then, and then her head explodes, and I was like, okay, okay, this is the movie that we at. All right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what we gonna do. Yeah, oh, so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's wild is that you're supposed like it's hard to figure out at first, right? First, you immediately feel sympathetic for people being hunted right like who are like like, Mm -hmm. i don't know what's happening who are these pretty white people that are like all being trapped that have all just sort of vanished and are now figuring it out um and then i feel like halfway through you're supposed to not feel for them because like some of them are kind of garbage but you're also not supposed to root for at no point are you supposed to root for the hunters right who are always seen as Mm -hmm. one-dimensional they don't really get ever fleshed out except for maybe the hillary swank athena character but nobody else really gets fleshed out they're all like truly one dimensional sort of things, but like everybody else is like, um, yeah. So it's weird to watch that sort of thing. You're supposed to root for Betty Gilpin, but then also you're like, what's your deal? And then you finally find out that she's actually, you know, a plant. She's a mistake, right? She wasn't actually the one that was kidnapped. That's supposed to be. And so mm-hmm. you're like, you're like, Oh, okay. Like, um, but it, it was wild for me. Cause I was like, I don't know who to root for other than Betty fucking Gilpin. Can I, can I just say my favorite line in the entire movie? Yeah. Um, was, uh, when Betty Gilpin says, you done fucked up, bitch. Cigarette, <laughs> a pack in Arkansas. And I was like, what? What? Like, that's that's what did it. Like, but literally hearing her every time that she shot someone and then just said, bitch, was like one of the most weirdly, viscerally satisfying things ever. Like, just to watch. So I didn't think, so I knew that something was going on with the change. And I was thinking like, it was, I didn't know it was going to be the cost of cigarettes. I thought it was yeah. going to be the fact that she put the change on the counter. Cause I know right. that's not a, that's not a Southern, that's a Southern P's and Q's thing where they actually yeah. hand it to you in your, in your right. hands. So I was like, huh, interesting. (laughs) I also like that moment because otherwise through most of the um, film, she has this very like monotone kind of way of talking. Yup. Yup. (laughs) Yup. You know, I mean, it's very like, she's very calm and rational. And that's kind of the idea because I I think that this film, rather than, 
you know, a lot of the early, well, I mean, hot takes on it because people hadn't even seen it yet before they were like, oh, I hate it because it's about conservatives or I hate it because it's about liberals. They, you know, they hadn't even seen the film. Really what it's about is like social media, the dangers of fake news, the dangers of like the way we're manipulated by the media. And so her character is like, I think supposed to represent like all of our ideal, like rationality in a way of like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious of everything. You know, everybody she comes in contact to, she's just trying to stay calm and rational. I'm like, mm, I don't really trust you either. And you know what? I don't trust you. You know, she's like thinking about it. And so mm-hmm. she stays very chill through the whole movie, except for those few moments where she like, you know, goes off or, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I really like that in her character. Just this, like, you know, every woman chill, like, you know, I don't know. That's a great way. That's a great way of thinking about it, Joshua, because it's like, oh, this yeah. is so what's actually going to win the day is like cooler heads prevail and figuring out like it's the, um, cooler heads prevail one. And then it was also a nice representation of the idea of like the slog it is to kind of figure out what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Reaction versus rationality. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the, the fake news ambit was very, was both subtle and not right. Like I think right. the, idea of, like, the fake, the, what I mean, it, it, they, they give it away even more when in the fake news, Arkansas set up gas station, they have it set to Fox News, denying climate mm-hmm. change. Right. And they after they kill the first wave of people, then they, they put it back on on loop to play the the climate change denying video. And I was like, okay, that's it's good. What do you believe? Because everything has been so poisoned. What is what is real and what isn't? And in the outrage machine, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. You're still you're going to be punished or canceled even if you didn't say something, if people think you did. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I really, I just kind of, and I, I just love the irony of that being like the, the, the film's mission. And then what happened with it's trying to open. <laughs> Everybody yeah, was 100%. like, I know what this film is about, but no, you didn't, you know, you didn't yeah, even see it. And actually the film was making fun of you. The film was literally saying you are one of the people that's the problem, right? Like it's, yeah. Do it. Do I think the film did it perfectly? No. It no. Was like, it yeah. Did? Yes. Was it really more fun just to watch people get shot and watch Betty Gilpin kill everyone? Uh, yes. But like, yeah, in general, like, it's so funny that this sort of wild controversy over it, and especially when Donald Trump made hay over it, like trying to win political points. I was like, that's what the whole movie was, was critiquing. A hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I did like the reveal. Um, well, again, listener, spoiler alerts galore. Um, yeah. But I did like the reveal um in the towards the end where you realize like, Oh, it was a joke that got blown up and then they decided to make it real. And I was like, ha, huh, that is not where I thought that was going to go. So I, I really appreciated that. Cause I thought that was a really good bit of storytelling. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you know, you think that you're okay saying these things, but then when you get dragged, it reversed the whole drag internet, drag culture, right. Call out yep. culture. Um, it reversed it a little bit and then, and and I was like, wow. And then you became the monster. Like that was, that was beautiful. Well, and on some level, like there's, there's multi levels of critique, which I thought was like, this is very Lindelof, right. Thinking about like either the leftovers, I guess some parts of lost or like Watchmen, right. Like there's moments where that part was really interesting, right. Like, because it revealed Mm -hmm. also that these people are so wealthy and so fucky right? That instead of using that as a moment for self-reflection, instead of using it as a moment of like, hey, this shitty thing happened to me, but also I'm perfectly safe. They ins- And I, I'm not hurting. Uh, yeah, my career's been trashed because of this and it's unfair, 
but none of them are hurting. They're all wealthy fucks. And so instead they, they use it to make and basically an arcade from the X-Men murder world in Croatia. And I was like, so you guys are monsters, right? Like the, you, yeah. you, you actually justify on some level why these other people believe so readily about you, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of helping people, you're so convinced about being right that then your knee-jerk response is, but what if we do actually kill them? Instead of being like, well, then how about I actually take a moment to self-reflect, right? Like, yeah. because what's wild is that there's still that power dynamic that these elites always have over the people they're killing, which makes it so unsavory, right? So there's that twist where you're like, actually, this wasn't the plan initially. And so it gave the hunted actually more power. But at the end of the day, there's still something really fucky about these people have so much power and so much money and so much access to security and safety. And they decide that their egos, especially Hillary Swanks is more important. And they have to murder people who are already poor and disenfranchised. Like when she lists out what she thinks crystal is like the child of a meth addict and a poor kid, I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like you, yeah. you literally like are so secure that you now think of this as something to weaponize and someone to be eliminated Instead of your, you know, instead of actually your liberal principles of like, well, how about I try and alleviate some of this? How about I try and make a change, right? Like living in a world where Jeff Bezos is having to be begged to maybe give Amazon workers sick pay right now in the middle of, um, insert Cardi B coronavirus. Um, it's like, <laughs> coronavirus is, is, is wild, right? Like I was like, oh, this, so if Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos would be this person, they'd be like, and Elon Musk would be like, we're going to make a Croatian death murder hut. And I'd be like, yep, that seems about right. You guys have too much. Well, no, I mean, I think that's a great point because there's like this disdain for these people. Right. Funny you know, that. rather than, yeah, rather than, um, you know, the, the I mean, the, the people they've trapped. And I think that that's kind of like, I love that critique. You know, I love, I love when we can kind of talk about neoliberal, neoliberalism and, uh, you know, sort of the, sometimes the, the lazy politics of that. Um, yeah. and I like, I like some of the conversations they have, like the Amon Pa in the store after they kill right. the, the three people. How he says those people. And she's like, wait, who do you mean? And they have that whole conversation about the use of the word black and sugar. <laughs> And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's, it was, that's fascinating, right? I just want to piggyback off that, Josh, right? For a moment, like, one of the things that is, I think, unintentionally, and then I think this may be an effect of David Lindelhoff having worked with Watchmen folk, but like, for a moment, all of you watching The Hunt can actually see the absurdity of what it feels like to be a black person when we're not in the room. Like, it's the sort of moment of like, being black people being talked about as like a bargaining point and also a way to just like, but also literally not like as if black people don't exist. It was so wild. Right. Cause they were yeah. like having this moment, but like African-Americans are black people. And then they're like, white people, we're the worst. We're the worst. And I was like, you, 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 you abstracted black people and used them as like a ping pong game between you, between you two. And also still didn't actually use black people. Like black people were, were an abstract concept for you. And it was like, it was like, wow. So if you watch the hunt, I think that's one of those things that like, it's often how black people feel like, and especially during this election cycle where we've been debated mm-hmm. back and forth, like on during the, the democratic primaries, we're like, they would have had the black vote first off, not on one person. Um, but then second off, like, sense in, like, which we get, we get mobilized. Right. But also then people don't actually talk to us. And so I, I was like laugh crying behind my hand while watching that scene. Cause I was like, 
Well, it comes up later when they're when they're doing their when they're doing their awful slideshow pre- PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, they're choosing. It's like oh, so. Yeah. Hear me. And everyone's like, no, no. And I'm like, well, hear me out. It would be racist not to. And I'm like, man. Like yeah, the, right? I mean, one the studio optics of like hunting black people. I probably, <laughs> you know, that might have been just like their conversation in the writers' room, and and yeah. putting that out there. Um, but yeah. it's so fascinating because it's like, okay, so the, you know, is it, it makes you wonder in terms of like this conversation about neoliberalism versus like this just outright white ring nut type of um, that the uh, quote unquote deplorable people that they're hunting, you have like, okay, so there's still these microaggressive things that these people are doing. And it's like, who's worse, right? Is it the people with yeah. all of the money? And who are making the who who basically hold the beliefs but are like conscious enough to know that they're bad so you know they know how to code switch they know how to say what it is they say to pass in those spaces right. or is it the people who are like you know fighting for their life but also like legitimately like open about all of their hatred yes right yeah. it's like who yeah. who is worse and who is worse who is better uh, the answer is you know you figure it all it out for yourself the same you know yeah. the effects of it are the same that's i wrote a note um the violence and i'd like to i'd like to add erasure that happens with inclusionary racism right you know, which is kind yes. of what is happening with them and i also think obviously we see that would get out you know the film yes. um you know that that's kind of you know it's it's about like the inclusionary racism of neoliberals you know of, yeah. like <laughs> we want to take away your life because we think you're better like it's just, it's this bizarre mm-hmm you know, conversation that, you know, I, I like how that kind of plays out here. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I agree. Yeah. One of the things is like, um, is a blink. Hello. And as one who like works at like, <laughs> like hello is a blink. Um, who works at like universities, right? like one of the things that I often find that I struggle with, like in my daily existence is the, is the very, from this type of like well-intentioned elite neoliberalism is what I say really succinctly is people want diverse white people. Let me be clear. White people in this instance want diversity without difference. Right. So they want, they want diversity that, that makes them feel good and look good, but then they, but they don't want any of the difference. They don't want the challenge or the change that would come from having like Brown people around. Right. So then those Brown people feel marginalized or they're a threat. And I think this goes really well. Right. Josh, Joshua, to what you're saying about like, this is inclusionary racism, right? Where it's like, right. we want you, but we want you because we want to cannibalize you. We want something from you, but we don't want to actually change. We want you to preserve the status quo, right? We want you in a way that we know we can no longer do this and feel good about ourselves. So we need a new way where we can weaponize you and continue doing whatever the fuck it is we want. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that's, it's, this is the sort of the, what that sort of inclusionary racism feels like, right? It's like the sense of, we want you, we claim that we want you, and then we gaslight you that you're doing everything wrong because we don't actually want to change and we have this power, which is kind of not unlike these these people that have all this power and are not using it to make any real change, but instead to make a murder world in Croatia. It was uh, Croatia, right? It yes, was Croatia. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. It's also, it's that um, uh, often this trope in uh, horror to have like vague Europe. <laughs> yeah. So now we have like do. Croatia. <laughs> they absolutely do. <laughs> but uh, no, a hundred percent. I, I, yeah, I absolutely, um, hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Um, <laughs> Yay! <I feel> loved. 
but yeah, I just, you know, I enjoy anything that's, uh, you know, that kind of does hold that up, you know, that, that, that conversation about the way, because, you know, we need to be critical, you know, of all of us, you know, because we make mistakes, we say stupid stuff, there are things that we've been taught that we repeat and that we need to unlearn, you know, it happens. And, and so we can have, you know, more difficult conversations, but because of the, the way the world is, especially with like social media, and this is why I love the, the commentary here, is like, there's such this extremist view, like people are either this or that, you know, right. and liberal, you know, the, these conversations that happen in like elite liberal academic spaces with this disdain mm-hmm. for poor people, like yep. she was shocked that she had read Animal Farm, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like I when you grow up, like you know, I grew up, you know, in in Ohio, but was raised by people who grew up like in Appalachia with you know mm-hmm. the beliefs that that they had. Um, you know, you 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 see that a lot of people are afraid, a lot of people are fearful, a lot of people's you know beliefs are coming from 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 this interesting place. And so sometimes I think blaming it, like the way they treat the guy where he calls him um, squeaker, which I feel is like a deliverance uh, reference yeah, or squealer, squealer yeah. or whatever he called him, um, you know, and just the way that she talks, Athena, uh, goddess of the hunt, by the way, which I think is hysterical. Um, right. Right. So on the nose. So on the nose. Exactly. The way that she talks about, you know, Crystal and like the way she was raised and just everything. Like when she's given that whole thing of like racist bigots, uh, you know, what do you want me to call them? Um, you know, it undermines like the systemic oppression that we're all living under and that we're all taught by. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, it's, it, it's such lazy politics to be like, oh, all these poor people hate black people and that's why they vote this way. Not that that, that there are a lot of uber rich people who are benefited also by a Trump presidency or by homophobia and racism and, and um, uh, misogyny and all of that, you know? Yeah. So one of the things I, I think you're absolutely right, right? There is this, this sense that they're both in the movie, right? Which they're, they're sort of critiquing, but in general, right? In our society, there's this, this move to not think about larger structural issues and to instead imagine sort of like these types of structural issues, like, um, you know, poverty or, you know, racism or less things as individual failings, right? Like, yeah. rather than sort of these structural things. And so these people, because they're poor, are racist. And you're like, well, racism is for real and has a real currency, but also that allows you, a rich white person, to imagine that A, you aren't racist, um, and that B, that these people are somehow inherently inferior because of their poverty, and then you get to weaponize racism against them, right? So I think it's, you, you, you nailed it on the head. Right. Like there's this there's this as there's this absolutely casual daily contempt. And it is very clear in the moment where, like, for example, Hillary Swank at the very end only begrudgingly at the end acknowledges that Betty Gilpin might be a real person. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you, you've read a book that everybody reads in ninth grade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You, I was, I was like, I was like, we're we're gonna have a discourse on metaphors about animal fucking farm. This is how you feel like you're the most clever. And as Betty Gilpin points out, as Crystal points out, she never used the snowball right. She yes, I was like, mm, that's yes, yes, work. yes. Yeah, it was golden. I will say that like that would I haven't felt that particularly energized and invested in watching what was probably a, what I knew was going to end, like a fight scene where I knew how it was going to end since Kill Bill, right? Like, yeah. Oh, was, yes. Right? When you watched, um, like, Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu, like, was like, or Uma Thurman and Vivica Fox, like, watching yeah. Wolves, like, that's what I felt when I watched Athena versus Crystal or, like, uh, Betty Gilpin versus Hilary Swank. Like, I was like, oh, 
this is great. This is beautifully choreographed. It's also really nice to like watch them go through this this fucking rich ass house, like which is like all the- exactly. Well, the, the entire house is just like a fabrication because it's there in uh, the Ukraine or wherever the hell, oh Croatia, wherever Croatia. they are. Yeah, and it's it's wild. I, I I'm not gonna lie. When she goes through that fireplace, what the hell? That was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not oh, only was it beautifully beautiful. choreographed, it was really well filmed. There were some nice yeah. cuts, like sequences to to move, just so it looked like a single camera at time or a single take yeah. at times, you know. But mm-hmm. you you can tell where it was cut. But you're like, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tweeted that. I was like at Hillary Swank and uh, hashtag Betty Gilpin because she's not on Twitter for reasons. You can uh, I think she discusses that on her Mark Marin podcast interview. Uh, she kind of stays yeah. off social media, but I'm like, I hope that people see the hunt. If for nothing else, the fucking work, you know. Because oh, I yeah. know that there's stunt women in there, but they also did a lot. Like, you could tell when it was them. I'm like, geez, right. they fucking work. That fight yeah. sequence was awesome. It's so true. It's so true. Also, 150% am making a grilled cheese this weekend. And I'm going to think about that. I'm not going to use Gruyere because I'm a fancy vegan bitch. But also, I'm going to think about what's the bougiest way I can make it while being hunted down by Betty Gilpin. <laughs> I actually wrote that down because I... Um, so just some like stray observations through the film. Her, um, I loved her uh, take on Tortoise and the Hare. I'm like, oh my god, this is like my kind of bedtime story. <laughs> and there's, yes. the, there's the whole question of like who's the tortoise and who's the hare? Or who's the uh, box turtle and who's the jackrabbit? And then at the end, right. Crystal eats that fucking grilled cheese and takes her $250,000 bottle of wine. I'm like, ah, okay. (laughs) Her whole, like, um, in the end, she's the jackrabbit. Right. But even though I'm still not sure that makes the point of the story, I just like how she ate the grilled cheese. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) But maybe she is the box turtle. She's just flipping it on him. (laughs) Exactly. And because remember, the, the jackrabbit eats the whole dinner and she's like, no, fuck you. Box turtle gets his dinner. And I love that moment where Athena rescues that that quarter million dollar bottle. Yes, that was great. These are not the times. This is not the time for you to rescue that wine. But she did, and she did it. It's like, well done. Well done, you. There's only three in the world. You should drink it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was was, uh, lovely. Um, Also, let's see. I I just wrote kind of some random things down. Uh, Yes, Bobby Gentry. I love me some Bobby Gentry. I love that they used uh, Mississippi Delta, uh, that that track. I love that song. So I was very happy. I was like jamming. It's a great song. Um, Also, December 17th is my birthday. So they're like that being the day they were like texting or whatever. I just found fun. Uh, oh, nice. Well done. Well done. I know. Re- totally stupid, random. But I was like, oh, that's my birthday. Uh. I'm Sagittarius. <laughs> I people on my birthday. <laughs> also, <laughs> I fucking love pickled eggs. Uh, so watching him eat those pickled eggs, I was like, oh, I want a pickled egg. <laughs> there you go. As you should. As you should have. Yeah. That's just some that's of my random. Ever, huh? Pickled eggs. I, I'm pretty sure. That's what they look like to me. When I was growing up, my uh, grandma used to make them like that. We would, we actually would get these sausages that came in this like red juice. They were Penrose sausages. They were like spicy. So after right. you finished it, you kept the brine and you put boiled eggs in it and you left them for like a week or two and they were fucking delicious. Nicely done. Nicely done. Anyways. Um, <laughs> no, that's perfect. Uh, other random takeaway. First off, I did think it was genius to poison the donuts. I think it was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that we felt a little bit of sympathy for Ike What's-His-Face from Staten Island. Um, oh, yes. And then Baron Holtz. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. And he has like seven guns. And then later you find out that he's a Charlottesville Tiki Torch dude. And you're like, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
was that his story? I didn't see that because I was showed his picture, and he's with he's one of the tiki torturers from from Charlottesville. Oh, so, that makes sense. It's like, hey, khaki pants. <laughs> yep, yep, that's why. Yeah, and also that's why Pa says, or when Ma says, like, well, when the revolution comes, like, what? Well, who who gets to have the guns, right? And that's why that she then then he dies. I was like, okay, all right. Oh yeah, her whole thing is like, will there be sugar in the rebellion or something? It's yeah. like, what the yeah. hell? Um, yeah. I also I do I do think that Don was part of it in the end. Um, oh yeah, because when she came in, there were only eleven photos on the wall. I don't know if you noticed that when she was looking. Yes. Yeah, guess. there was only eleven, so I, I think that Don was a plant. You know, they had that whole yeah. thing back and forth. They gave it a plant the entire time, and that was to how to make that to make that work. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah, she wanted her. The whole thing was planned because she wanted Snowball. She wanted to kill that woman for right. you know she was holding her personally responsible. Yep, yep. And it's sort of wild because it was like it is really like when you look back now, you're like we don't actually get the background on like most of the people, right? The die, like especially that one poor girl. That was hilarious overkill. So hilarious overkill. The girl that falls in the spikes. Oh, I know. <laughs> And then her torso blows back onto the spikes. Onto the spikes, yes. She's just like, kill me. And then she grabs the gun. She's like, I'll do it myself. I was like, all right, okay. Well, her picture in the in the little slideshow was like, she was what, gun slut? Is that what she said? Yeah, that was, I think yeah. That was, she, knew how to, she knew how to use a gun. Yeah. Yeah, somebody like one of them looked like a, a Westboro Baptist church. Like the signs that was look the like that. Eats the donuts, the, the yes. donut one. Um, I so I was watching it on Amazon, so it means that I could pause it and see what all the characters' names were because they'll show up. Yes, and so it was great. So she was uh, Big Red. Um, Big Red. Ike Reynolds was uh, was Staten Island. Um, the white dude from Orlando was Vanilla Nice. I yeah, Sturgill Simpson. That was Sturgill yeah. Simpson, which was oh so my cool. God, it was. Yeah. I didn't think about it. yeah, yeah, and you had yoga pants. I love that Don's name. If you if you pull up. The uh, the Amazon when you pause it, it's Dawn with like six question marks. Yeah, the X ray thing. <laughs> yeah, you're like it's like Dawn, and I was like, I love that we don't. Is it Dawn? Is it not? I don't know. It's I, I enjoy. I will say that some of the casting too for the the guy from the the gas station, the dad, the pa from the gas station, uh-huh. was so perfect. That actor to me is only specifically known as the ineffectual liberal vice president from House of Cards. Yes. Um, Donald Blythe, the Donald Blythe, the Secretary Blythe. of Education. <laughs> yeah, and then the shitty Vice President that they maneuver around with, uh, yeah, with Francis and uh, yeah, and I was just like, this. Oh, God, I was like, I do love me some Donald Blythe. I was like, Donald Blythe, why are you running a gas station, baby? Take care of your wife with cancer. I've watched this show. What are you doing? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I I do hope that more people are, are, are going to give this film a chance because it, I do think it was really, really funny. I had texted you earlier, Joe, with an analogy, but I, I think I want to correct it because this is like Sean, like what Shaun of the Dead is to like 28 Days Later or like serious zombie films. This is that to Hostile with mm. a dash of like get out politics, yeah, the conversation because Hostile is about like elite hunting, uh, which I should show you actually uh, soon. That would be interesting. It's but the second one too with the, with the women. Uh, this is actually kind of what that reminded me of t- to some extent, but it was fucking funny. Like there were times where I laughed out loud. Jeffrey same. and I both say 100% mm-hmm. same, right? Mm-hmm. It was, there was some, again, there was some very, very clever writing on this. And I was like, okay, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at some of it. I don't think it all added up 
to the sum of its parts. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think again, it's another step towards whatever whoever whoever sees this film and is inspired by it to, to hopefully make the the point a little sharper and a little um, uh, b- better. Maybe I, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, I think I yeah. think this is a good step in the evolution of like social justice politics. But having like a, I feel a more difficult conversation about the the politics of polarity. You know of of this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, good bad. Bad, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like didactics or whatever, you know, just or dyadic. What is the word I'm looking for? Dialectic. <laughs> dialectic, you know. Or binary. Yeah. yeah, binary. Yeah, yeah. That everything has to exist is either good or evil or, you know, bad or whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am curious to see what kind of comes after it. Just like get out, set such a high bar for having these discussions. You know, what, what, who will be inspired by that and what films will they make and what will they say, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. No, I, I agree entirely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, one thing that I do want to say is that I didn't like on some level that there's sometimes when, we, when we're dealing with this sort of complexity, then sometimes people want to do this thing where they're like, well, we know it's, it, I call it the Avenue Q solution, which is yeah. also not a solution, the Avenue, Avenue q solution, if you will, um, which is everybody's a little bit racist. And I was like, no, uh, like that, that, like that, that yes, that there are systems of prejudice that operate. Right. But like I didn't want to be like, well, as you can see, everybody's all bad. And I was like, yeah, everybody in this in this in this movie is is garbage. Right? We don't know for sure about Betty Gilpin, but she has now killed a lot of people, so she's not, you know, she's probably not doing great. But um, <laughs> but like I don't I feel like it's interesting to point out that like I think it can get easily flattened by the way of like ever like and I don't think that the movie is doing this, but I think it's very easy to walk away with like, well look, liberals and conservatives are all equally bad, which I think is a weird American tendency to be like Let's flatten out power relationships and just point out that our body's mean. And I'm like, right. yeah, nope, it's not the takeaway. <laughs> like you can you can be wrong differently and with different axes of power. I think it's like what the quote unquote deplorables are doing is not excusable, right? He's fucking tiki torture in Charlottesville. She's a Pro Baptist lady, like the gun slut girl, but like all of these sorts of things, right? These are these are not okay. And these are actually once again, if we're gonna talk about the erasure of like minorities, right? Or like queers or black people, right. Are just absolutely erased. Right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, 100%. We have the one, the one queer coding of the, of that effete caviar lover in the kimono. Fuck that guy. Um, uh, but like, oh, yeah, Glenn Howerton, basically yeah. playing Dennis from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Right, 100%. <laughs> 100%. But I was like, I was like, it's the moment where like those, those are, those people are committing real violence and types of marginalization and shittiness against people. Right. And we can't yeah. just wash it away with like, they're being hunted by Donald Blythe and million dollar baby. And they're mean. Right. right. Like, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a mental image. Right. But like, uh, like you can't just like the takeaways that like these people are all doing different types of violence mm-hmm. and it's not everybody's bad, but we, like there's a level of culpability Right. And I, I just hope that like that's a big takeaway people get from this, right? Is not, well, as you see, everybody's bad. And I was like, that's the Avenue Q Lucian. And it's not it erases yeah. a lot of the the effect when people take that away as the takeaway. Oh no! Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. You know, but I think that's the thing, and that's why it's like I, 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 I hope that people see this film kind of with an open mind, because yes. I, I felt the same. Like I was afraid, like what people are going to take away is this is the world that like people who are on the left side of things want. You know, which is, you know, that's there's that real conversation about like people who you know hold strong misogynistic views or homophobic views is because they don't want to be victims, like they have right. victimized other people. So, right. you know, or or the system is victim 
victimized. You know, it's like, this is not the world I want to live in. I have no interest in hunting down people. You know, it's like, you know, we want a world where people are taken care of and, and things are equal and everybody is, is taken care of and gets what they need, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. And just that conversation of like, let's not learn the wrong lesson. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oof, oof, oof. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild because I don't I don't want that to be be the takeaway. But I think you're 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 right. It it because I'm that person that like also then is both narcissistic and tries to be better. I was like, well, how do how does this really relate to me? And I was like, I mean, you're right though about in this polarity. There are times when I'm like, I don't want to share America with you people <laughs> anymore. Like you want me dead, and I would like to not be in the same place as you. I'm a queer black person, and 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 I'm not saying that I need this sort of liberal like. Well, we all need to hold hands mm-hmm. and. Make- sweater with kittens on it and hug each other mm-hmm. um, yeah civility and politics right and then i'm that girl from mean girls and i don't even go here um uh, but like <laughs> uh but i i feel like at the end of the day like it, it's interesting because for me i was like i was like we are increasingly feeling like marginalized or or not speaking to each other and the answer is not let's be nicer to each other but there has to be the sort of root way of thinking about it and so what's really cool about this is it addresses this polarization but at the same time, I think we all have to recognize that the roots are much deeper and also much more complicated, right? We can't just yeah. be like, well, we can all fix it by not having Croatian hunting lodges. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the bare minimum. Yes, yes, the bare minimum. <laughs> Barest minimum. Um, but, you know, she said no sentimentality, comrade. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I think that's the real takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. 150% legit. Uh, Joe, would you watch it again? Um, nah, maybe. maybe. Maybe maybe in like another group setting or something like that. Uh, it was, again, it was, you know, it's so fascinating because like we're, <laughs> there's also like a most dangerous game type of, 100%. It's, I think it's called most dangerous game that's coming yeah. out on Quibi. Yeah. Um, in a in a little bit, so I'm just like, yeah, oh, okay, so. novel, and I think there's like a 30s film or something. But anyways, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So that's the thing is that like you know we're we're getting in, we're interestingly it's it's reemerging in the consciousness this idea of like hunting people and the yeah. politics behind you know all of that as well. Um, so it's fascinating. Um, but, but, but I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, current current circumstances notwithstanding, I probably would watch this again in a group in with a group of people. I actually watched it immediately again after we watched the first time because i was taking notes the whole time and kind of like you're talking things out loud so i actually rewatched it right up because it's 90 minutes it moves really fast it's very fast it's very uh, easy to watch so i just kind of took i I, which i'm glad i did because then i i saw things that i wrote a whole other page of notes that i missed uh, the first time around um but yeah i actually really enjoyed it so i hope more people see it and uh you know want to want to talk about it this kind of consciousness horror you know that it's trying to do yeah 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 it's 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 woke horror i mean it's such horror too right like the very beginning she pulls a stiletto out of someone's eyeball and we uh, see the, i was like this is why this is on fright school like i watched it and i was like here we go it's this this because i was like it's, it's a horror and then i was like oh no okay we horror I also it. there's nothing yeah, quite there's nothing queerer than like pulling your stiletto out of somebody's eyeball yeah it's true it's penetration yeah yeah uh, well, this has been so much fun. This is a delight to have you on again, TJ. And, oh uh, you know, and look, it wasn't, uh, uh, well, you know, and again, I guess we did, uh, it's weird how this kind of does a race. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, even though right. the conversation, there's, they're not in the film. 
Nobody's Great. like there aren't characters. Huh. Yeah, we we either we have gonna a whole have other where, <laughs> where there's a lot of black people, or we're gonna have you where they are just completely erased. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, quite frankly, I just can't wait until we watch the new Candyman. I'm like, that's fine. I'm, I'm already calling that I get to do that with you guys when we do that. I'm like, all right, new Candyman. I'll wear a full outfit. I'll dress like a man. Absolutely. You just need to wear your no poncho. I just need the no poncho. I, I do. I do love my poncho. No. It's the beautiful woven poncho that just says no, both back and front in a Spanish. That in is Spanish. beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us in the uh, in the apocalypse to to discuss a movie because that's what's important. And um, uh, Joe, 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 how I love you! How I love you too! I love you both. <laughs> and uh, dear listener, thank you for listening to this. Uh, hopefully, you're staying safe, staying healthy. Uh, you know, keeping your distance, social the distancing. And um, <laughs> we'll we'll see y'all again next week. All right. Good night. Bye. Coronavirus. There you go. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 